Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Dealership Fix It podcast. We're on episode number 30. And today, we've got somebody you probably either don't know about or you don't know much about. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Austin Rothbard from Twisted Road. Yeah. So of twistedroad.com in Austin. How come uh, how come my listeners probably don't know who you are or what you do? Well, it depends, Brian, because it's it's kind of interesting. I'm 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 all focused on motorcycles, but I've been speaking to some dealers recently, and when I introduce myself, they'll say, "Oh, yeah, I've been following you now for the last six months or a year." So I can tell you what we do. Uh, we're a rental company, and the easiest way to describe it is that we're doing for motorcycles what Airbnb did for houses. So when people aren't using their bikes, they put them on our site, and other people can rent them when they're traveling or. You know, and they just want to ride. Maybe they don't have. They maybe they're in between bikes, and uh, we set the whole thing up about uh, eighteen months ago. Okay, and I, th- you know, I think um, for me, it's been a handful of months that I've heard of you, and then seen a little bit more action with you recently. And uh, it's, um, you know, for the audience that I that I talk to on here and that we're we're talking to today, uh, these guys are uh, generally either uh, reps that work with or for dealership, you know, franchised uh, retail stores or uh, repair stores or the like, sure. um, or sure. guys that work right in those stores. So for my, for my typical uh, sort of, here's what we're doing. I really thought this was a unique uh, opportunity to make sure that this audience um, kind of understands what's going on out there. Because I think, you know, we all certainly live with a certain amount of blinders on to, to what's yep. going on out there when we're grinding on our program. Um, so, I, you know, I yep. kind of wanted to, to lay out uh, what you guys do, how you do it, what it looks like. And, I, you know, I've got some sort of ideas of where dealers, uh, instead of fearing this sort of uh, thing like you have, because it might upset their their apple cart, so to speak, uh, sure. where they can kind of embrace it and, and use what you got going on. So, um, well, let me start with let me start with um, a little bit about my background. Sure. It, it might help your listeners. So I've spent the last 20 years in corporate America. And I honestly, I was, I was miserable and angry, but I learned a lot. I, in fact, the last 10 years of my life before doing Twisted Road, I, I ran four different companies. Um, a couple of them you might've heard of, like, uh, I was, I was the president of Brunswick Billiards for four years. And so, uh, and I was president of a company called World Kitchen, which is the parent company to Pyrex. The companies that I've run have been between 20 million and 500 million in annual sales. Uh, this is the first time I've run something with zero, you know? So when you start something like this, I've got, you know, family, uh, I, I was, I was, uh, like literally hunkered down over a, uh, a fold out folding table in the kid's playroom as I was, you know, with, with, as I was banging out the laptop and, and putting the business together. Um, idea came to me when I was constantly being frustrated that I was on the road and, and couldn't find a bike to ride. I mean, we were in, I was with my family. We were in Grand Canyon and Zion and Bryce. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is that, um, I, I, um, I, I've been riding a smaller bike. I was on a Moto Guzzi V7 classic. And so when I would travel, I didn't really want a big touring bike. And so the only things that were available were like big Harleys. And it was like pretty inconvenient to where I was traveling. Mm -hmm. And after this happened, 
enough times, I realized, wait a second, this is kind of a, uh, this kind of a problem. And, and then I looked into what, uh, what, um, how often people were using their bikes. And I found that a lot of bikes are sitting in garages, which, you know, nobody really wants to admit, but that's the reality of it. It's probably, it's probably mostly because cars get only get used 5% of the time. And yet they're taking you to and from work with, with a bike. It's often a toy. It's not used for commuting. And so if a car is only used 5% of the time, then you think about how often a bike is used. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the cherry on top of life. Not that you don't get to eat a menu full of cherries, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and when you're, when you love riding, like I do, you know, you just want to experience the world on two wheels and you may not want to trail your bike to where you're going, or it may be impractical to ride there. What I found interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, we got really lucky. You know, like I said, I worked for 10 months without any, you know, any revenue because I hadn't flipped the switch. I was building the company. I was doing my research. I was getting insurance locked in and all the legal things. And finally we switched the, we flipped the switch after 10 months, October 16th of 2017. And, you know, within 48 hours we had two rentals booked. So it was pretty exciting. You know, that's exciting to get two. If I got two now in a week, I'd be devastated. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, that's just, that's just how, how it all goes. So, you, you came from, you know, obviously a non-power uh, sports. In this case, we're talking to, you know, an audience of power sports folks. So you came from yep. outside of that space with certainly some really in-depth uh, background on running some big boy companies, right? And the majority of the guys we're talking to are, are, are small business uh, operators or, like I say, right. they rep or sell within or, or into those locations. So you, you came in, you saw something that wasn't kind of, you know, opportunity, uh, to, to provide a service that didn't exist that, you, you know, in, in the world that you lived in, you knew was a necessity for you. And obviously, you know, a, a wide open uh, opportunity for that. Right. You know, power sports dealers, I guess at best right now, um, you know, like, you know, whatever it is, like an Eagle rider or some of these other places, yep. that, like you're saying, where they'll rent bikes, uh, but there's not a whole lot of it. And the ones that do, I get what you're saying. They, they definitely don't offer sort of the uh, portfolio of options that somebody would want, you know, on the fly and in these different places. You know what? And I, and I've been in I've, a couple of the businesses I ran were a hundred percent dealer based. I ran a company called Cabo Yachts, which were these large offshore sport fish boats and we didn't have a lot of dealers. We had 25 around the world because, you know, you, there weren't a lot of million dollar boats being sold around the, around the world. But after I worked, after I worked there at Brunswick, we had 350 dealers selling pool tables and they were all over. They were all, you know, I'd say 250 or 300 of them were right in the U S. So I understand the dealer model. And especially now with some of the changes that are going on to online and some of the more traditional, uh, uh, dealer businesses I've seen, it, it, people are always looking for a new revenue stream, a new way to grow. Well, that's where I kind of, I think was maybe uh flipping the script on what, if I talked to a dealer and, and, and talked about your company, I think that they would think, Oh no, that's, you know, the enemy or, or whatever, so to speak that, you know, it's something that's going to eat into their model, but I kind of saw it differently. And it sounds like you do as well, where, I was imagining now, man, I mean, if, if dealers could, you know, whether it's, um, some used units that they've got, or I, you know, I don't know what the particulars right. are on the, on their demo capabilities of putting a demo bike, you know, into the, the sort of, uh, capability to be a rental within, 
something like Twisted Road, but it really seemed like a shop for dealers to embrace a new way to get people on bikes to try them because that seems to be, you know, I, I've pushed for many years as whether as a district manager or now not, you know, but I, but I work, you know, still working with the same dealer group and I'm always looking for ways for them to better engage the actual, uh, the, the activity, you know, not just the, uh, the mindset of don't you want to buy a motorcycle, but instead a way to get somebody's butt on a seat and have them really experience it. And, and I think that this could be a way that dealers, you know, could, could get on board and do that. We all know that the more times that people ride, the more, the greater the chance that they're going to actually buy. And the, and the, the, the reality is that, um, a lot of dealers don't offer, uh, test rides. And when they do, maybe it's 20 minutes. You know, I know that when I bought my bike, I had about 15 minutes on it. Um, we're basically offering dealers who are interested a rental program. We have dealers right now who are putting bikes on our site and they're enjoying uh, the rental income that they're getting. In fact, we just had a, a dealer in San Antonio put one bike on the site, I think last week or the week before, and he just got his first rental. And so, you know, that's found money. And if the guy turns around and decides to buy that bike, just sold the bike. And if not, he just got the rental income and we take care of everything. You know, Brian, we take care of the logistics, phone verification, driver's license, check, background check, credit history, uh, insurance, logistics, pickup time, schedule. We do it all. You know, so there's no, there's no, there's, the dealer doesn't really need to do anything except list a bike on there and when, it, when the rental comes in, we help walk them through it. Yeah, I think that that would be probably the the area where the unknown is scary. And, and from, you know, I've listened to some of your other interviews, and which is why I was excited to have you on, um, was it sounds like really a lot of any, what the, the typical scary stuff that, that somebody would imagine for whether it's your bike or your fleet, so to speak, you know, if, if it's your, your business uh, machines. A lot of that's covered, you know, with different insurance things, which I'd have to think is a whole lot of work for you guys, <laughs> the insurance side of it. Yeah, it is. It's messy. And it took a long, you know, it took a long time for us to figure out the way to, to make it really clean. You know, when, when you think about what the fear is, you brought up the fear of the unknown. What would, what would a typical fear be of something like this? I mean, it, there's the way I look at it. And remember, I, I, I run the business and I started the company, so I'm, completely biased but what would what would the fear what would the fear be um of a dealer partner of yours if they put a bike on if damage happens to the bike we cover it we cover all damage that happens during the ride at a minimum to fifteen thousand dollars and sometimes it goes high as twenty five thousand um we cover liability on the rider and all dealers get a hundred thousand dollars per ride of of liability coverage all owners do and if that's not enough for an extra ten bucks a day, I think the the, the, the dealer or the owner can increase their uh, their liability coverage to three hundred thousand, and then we have another tier at a million. So I'm just trying to figure out what the risk would be for uh, uh, anyone. Well, it's certainly out of comfort zone because it's different. Is is I guess what I would envision, and and as I listen to some of your other um, um, interviews you had done. Like for me, a lot of that melted away, but I get where when you first, when I first ever heard of you, I thought, well, that might be interesting to, uh, to check out a bike, either if I'm traveling or if I want to check out a bike and go and take it for a day and really get a ride, 
on something that I'm considering buying if it's in, in my area or, you know, as I'm traveling. But my initial idea was like, but I sure wouldn't put my bike up there. And I got to tell right. you, I got to tell you, since I found you and thought on it and thought on it and not like I'm sitting there stewing on it, but as I continue to see different posts on social media and, and think oh, that's, that's an interesting concept, you know, over a little bit of time. And, uh, I actually, uh, I actually would be interested in listing my bike uh, for that reason, because I don't want to get rid of my bike, but I might, you know, I might make a little money, you know, having it go to somebody else, a good rider once in a while. Right. And, and, and the average person makes about, you know, makes about $150 per rental on average. So, you know, you think, well, what is that? Is that, that could be a big chunk of your insurance bill. You know, that could be gas money for, it depends on how big the long riding season is that could pay all your gas. And, and and there are a lot of people that get more than that. Um, We've got, some people get between I'd say that there's probably, there's a lot of riders who get more than $3,000 a year in income from this. And so for them, it's making their bike payments. You know, there's a lot that can be done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, like I say, it's, it's out of the, out of the standard sort of operating for dealerships, which is like I say, why I wanted to, to have the conversation and kind of talk about some of what I would perceive as the scary stuff, you know, for a, for a dealership that, their main goal is to get a unit in inventory and get a unit out of inventory down the road as quick as possible and have a customer that's happy to come back and continue service and parts and that end of it. But it's a unit in and out in as, in as few days as possible. So it's a different, it's, it's a paradigm shift in that way. And, and I think, like I say, the reason to me that it stood out so much is because I think we know that that's definitely the way it's trending as much as we want to believe that. People are going to continue to to buy things, you know. Obviously, the you know similar uh, models to yours in automotive, or whether it's you know as you said the Airbnb, <laughs> you know style uh, uh, where I can borrow something instead of owning something. That's that's easier, right. and I can I can be more agile in the things that I do and where I invest my time and money. You know, you brought up a really interesting point. As you said, the goal is to bring a bring it in an inventory and out of inventory as fast as you can, as few days as possible. Right. So one of the risks that could come up is what happens if I list a bike with you guys and then in two weeks I get a rental, but it's been sold. And that, you know what that happens uh, with some of our dealers that's happened. And the good news is the dealers who have been, um, who are a little bit more on the edge of, of doing something new like this. I want to try the innovative technology and, and, and rental program. They are moving bikes fast. So we've got a guy that has, I think, six or eight bikes on the site. And when a rental comes in, it's almost never, bike's almost always sold. And what he says, oh, you know what? I don't have that bike, but I got another one now that's just like it. It's just a year newer. Hold on, I'll pop that one on the site. We'll pull the old one off and just transfer the rental over. So some, people may not be particular about the bike as much as the bike style. And so if you've got another similar unit that they can swap out, it'd be great. And, they, and the dealer might just get a sale out of it. Yeah, and I, I like to think that the, <clears throat> excuse me, the spreading of the experience, you know, if, if again, if, if a guy is, you know, thinks he might be in the market, you know, for us in, in the power sports, you know, sales and that whatever side of it where I've lived for so long, um, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, they, you, you're looking for a unique audience as much as possible. We know that there's new people coming into market who want to 
at least they want to consider being an owner, you know, or consider motorcycling, you know. And to me, I just really think it's a nice way to get sort of those ones who are, I, I don't know, you'd have to have your endorsement. So you'd have to have done a little bit of the work and be a little bit more committed that way. Yep. But, yep. you know, for the ones who, you know, they haven't really decided, well, I'm not really sure how motorcycling fits in my life, you know, and, and where exactly that is. I, I feel like whether they're, you know, people who travel and they're in different places or they're right in their own home market, I just think it's an, it'd be a nice way where dealers themselves don't really always have to shoulder that burden, but there's a program. I think that program could be pretty plug and play for them. And, and I may be, I may be missing it. I may, you know, have a dealer. I tend to get, you know, emails, texts, messages on social media or whatever after when, when, uh, when I've got a podcast go live and people will point out things that, well, you should have said this, or you didn't think about that. Sure. And certainly that sure. will may exist, but I'd be eager to know what it is. Like I say, I think, you know, if it's not just a mentality shift, uh, you know, I, I, love to find out what that is. So I guess any of your listeners, you know, let me know if I'm missing it other than the fact that, you know, you don't, you want to sell every unit. You don't want to become a rental company, you know, so to speak, you know, um, I think there's maybe something here to look at, for, you know, for that, for that. You know, it could be a, yeah. And it could be a really good closing tool. So, you know, a, a, a person comes in, he's looking at a bike and is on the fence and the, and the, and the dealer can just say, Hey, go take this for the weekend, try it, rent it through us. And by the way, if you come back next week after you ride it and you want to, you want to buy it, we'll just knock the rental price off the price of the bike. You know, it's a great closing tool. And we get a lot of people that rent with us. And then after the rental, they actually want to buy the bike they were on. We haven't, you know, we don't do sales of bikes to our site. But we hear stories of people getting off the bike and saying, "Man, that was great. Let me let me buy it from you. Here's a number." It's like, no, I'm not selling it. Well, you know, it's by the time you you know you go invest your time and energy into something for for an experience. What I find is typically on motorcycles, it's I don't know. I mean, I've I've certainly ridden motorcycles that I've been like, ah, you know, that wasn't what I. That's not my cup of tea. Now that I've ridden it, but I think in general. By the time you ride something, it's generally the experience of motorcycling is, you know, sometimes better than what you imagined. So, so I could see where that could be a bit of a good closing tool for that same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the people who rent with us, they, they love the experience. I mean, they get off the bike and they, or, they, or they get their bike back either way. And they're kind, they have this, this, kind of, this high, a 97% of people, we, we have ratings on the system. So after you're done renting when riding with us or using us to rent out your own bike, when the, the whole thing is back and the bike's back in the garage, the rider rates the owner, the owner rates the rider, and the rider rates the bike. And so you got three cho- chances for, to, to rate uh, an experience. And our 97% of those ratings are, are five-star. 97% are five-star. I mean, it's, it's incredible. There's, um, there's quite a bit more. I kind of want to ask you about that. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll jump into some of the other details of that. Sure. Okay. Hey, we're back with, uh, Austin Rothbard, uh, twisted road. And we were talking about, um, rating, right? So we're talking about, you know, rating systems. And to me, that's a, uh, obviously a framework for keeping people, uh, what accountable for, for how you treat other people's things. 
<laughs> how the interaction right. is, how the bike was, so on and so forth, the back and forth, kind of like the, you know, to me, it was, it was, uh, you know, probably everywhere. I've never done an Airbnb. I, I could, I get the concept and I get where your, where yours is from. I think of like an Uber, you know, if you rate an Uber driver badly, I get the impression they get kicked down the road. They don't get any more rides or something, you know? So I, I feel like that, right, that sort of the framework that you've got set up. Yeah, sort of. So, so what'll happen is when you go to rent a, a motorcycle with us, you get to see the bikes and the bike and all the ratings and you can see the owner and all the ratings and read every review. And then the, the, the owner gets to see your, your experience. One thing that we capture before a ride is, a, so here, let me go through the whole process of, of the, of, yeah, the, of uh, okay. So let's say you wanted to rent a bike. First thing you do is go to our site, you type in where you want to ride the dates and, and it comes up. Now I'll, I'll tell you that if you're traveling and you're going to be in Vegas, let's say for a few days, your tendency is to look at, at bikes in Vegas, right? But what you may want to consider, and I did this personally, about six months ago is I, I looked at bikes in Denver and then I took a week to ride to Vegas and then I was at Vegas and then I, a week back just because you get some time to, even if it's a day or two, you take a city that's four or five hours away, you know, it's good to just experience the riding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you, you put the bike in and you hit book it. And when you go to book it, we ask you for your, you know, your home address, your driver's license information, you verify your cell phone, all these things. Then we ask you for your riding experience. You enter your riding experience, and all this goes through our process. And then it, it, once you're, it's all approved through our system, the owner gets an email. says, hey, Brian wants to rent your motorcycle on these days. And you, get, as an owner, get to see the experience, his riding experience. And, and they may say, hey, you know, Brian wants to rent my Goldwing. And yet he only has six months' experience. He's been on a Honda Shadow the whole time. Rebel and they can just decline it. Rebel 250. They just decline it. You know, it's no issue. Or they can go and see if you have similar experience. Actually, we've got a bunch of Panigales on the site. And the interesting thing is the people who rent Panigales often are traveling people who have one in the garage. So it's not as big a risk. So then you go ahead and you approve it. And the week before the ride starts, we do a credit card hold of the rider. We do a $1,000 hold just to make sure everything's legit. They can, everyone can buy insurance through us if they want. Insurance for the for the rider covers the rider for damages up to like I said fifteen or twenty five thousand dollars and three hundred thousand of liability. Okay, we do with credit card hold. Then you as the rider would go meet 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 the person with the bike. You do a walk around. You make sure that any images if there's any damage you're you're both going to want to document it by taking pictures of it through our app and uploading it to the site. Any existing damage is documented. And at that point, you hop on and ride. Now, let's say let's say that you get on the bike and you're not comfortable. Or the owner takes one look at you and is like, man, this guy doesn't have any gear. I'm worried about him. You guys, either one of you can cancel at any time for any reason. The rider can cancel and get a free full refund of his, of his, of his charges. So um, you get on the bike, you ride away. A few days later, you come back. One more walk around, uh, the bike's checked back in, and 48 hours later, we pay the owner. And that's it. And then they go ahead and they leave the reviews. Uh, let me tell you the reviews. Like I said, 97% are five-star. I got a review in today. This is typical. David was wonderful to deal with. Easy transfer and return, great communication, and the bike was returned in perfect shape and freshly washed. 
would happy to rent to David again. And that's great. I mean, cause it, uh, the thing I love about it, and this is not, this happens. People bring back the bike, they wash it, they, they lube the chain. They just, they're so considerate. I mean, the bike community is, is just so thoughtful of one another. Um, so that's from an owner. Let me read to you a note that we got from a rider who couldn't find where to leave a review on our site. And he wrote, he said, I would like to leave my stellar rating for the gentleman who rented his motorcycle to me, but I've yet to find a tab to click on for that opportunity. Also would love to provide some pictures of my experience. I have to give many thanks to you and your staff for creating and building this service for riders everywhere. There are not enough words to convey how amazing my experience was. I have been constantly reviewing the ride in my head and will for a long time to come. Looking forward to the opportunity to share my experience to and for your future customers. This is a guy who just loved what he just experienced. I mean, it, it, if he's in the market for a bike, he's gonna. That's when he's gonna. That's when he's gonna buy one. And I guess I wonder. I mean, what do you think? You know, obviously it's, it's, it's your baby. This is your, you know, your whole program. And obviously you had to have thought this out way ahead of time, but why do you think someone would take all that extra care before they bring back a quote rented bike, right? It's renting bikes. It just, to me, that seems funny to think about that. Why do you imagine that that is what happens? Uh, again, this a lot of these. Most of our inventory are owners' bikes. They're not. They're not dealer bikes. Yes. And so I think that when somebody does this transaction and and this, it's the person's personal vehicle, um, they just they just want to be considerate. And so I think what ha- like I just rented a uh, a Road King um, and rode all over California for a week. And it was amazing. It was a 2018 Road Road King. I got it for hundred bucks. Hundred bucks a day. Mm-hmm. I got. At the, right before I was, I, I got to the person's house to drop it off at the end. I filled it with with gas, and then I cleaned. I cleaned it. I mean, there was there was uh, there was some dust on on the bags. I cleaned that off. I cleaned off the uh, the windshield. I would just never want my bike to be returned with about a lot of bugs on the windshield and on the, and on the headlights. So I did it. I mean, it takes me five minutes, but you know, the, the person gets the bike back and it's spotless. Well, I guess that's where I was going with it. And that's, I think that's the same mindset. I guess I only imagine of my younger years and some friends I knew that would rent a car from a rental agency and they didn't show it any love, right? To say the least, you know, they weren't nice to it because it's a rental. But I think this program, yeah. even though it's called by the same name, you're, you're renting something, it, it definitely seems like it's a changed program when you're dealing with an individual, not the old big company. You know, I guess I heard you on some other interviews and heard some of the stories and I looked online, you know, and seen some of the, the bikes listed in that. I, I definitely think it's, it's different when you're dealing with an individual the same way, you know, you, you, you know, you're going to show up and be accountable to somebody for their baby, so to speak. You're, you know, you're bringing back their, their, one of their prides and joys potentially to them. You know, I think it definitely seems like it's a, it's a different program than I would imagine as a rental from, you know, previous to, to your. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, well, what else here? So I'm looking right now at the site. There's a lot of, uh, golden, golden dots on the map. Looks like you got a lot of bikes up right now all over the country. Pretty much. Yeah. We're in every state except New York. 
Uh, the reason we're not in New York is because New York has some some regulations around uh, sharing vehicles. So we don't oh. we don't uh, we're not in New York. Um, I'm I'm uh, I blanked on something I was gonna I was gonna talk to something that you mentioned, but I can't recall what it is. But yeah, we're all over we're all over the country. And and oh, I I, I told a friend of mine mentioned our company to her friend and said, hey, you know, check these guys out, twistedroad.com. They're doing some cool things. And he rides. And his first thing he said was, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. And next thing you know, it comes back. He says, I was blown away by how many people would put these um, such amazing bikes on the site. And that's, that's an interesting statement. He's not blown away by how many bikes are on. He's, how, he's blown away by how many amazing bikes there are. Mm-hmm. You know, we, the bikes are in great shape. We've got bikes with less than 500 miles on them. Mm-hmm. People buy a bike, sometimes they throw them right on the site. And, and they're in great shape. Some of them are new. Some are vintage. We've got some beautiful vintage bikes in, in Guilford, Connecticut, for example, that are all restored and gorgeous to ride. We have a 1947 Indian, if you want that, in, uh, in, in outside of uh, Chicago. And we've got a bike built by Tony uh, Prust, the guy who owns Analog Motorcycles. He's a builder. He's got this beautiful Royal Enfield up in Waukegan, Illinois. That, that's a custom bike that he built. So, you know, you look at the mix, and some of these are like, you literally would say, I, am, I would never buy that custom bike, but man, I would love to ride it for a day. And so we give, we give everyone that opportunity. Yeah, like I said, I think that the access, you know, the the changing of that sort of the access to me, like I say, I'm I'm I guess I'm trying to, you know, differentiate in my head between what I've now accepted as as reasonable and interesting to what I know that there would be some pushback from, uh, like I say, the dealer network that I deal with, with with the concept that it's a competition of sorts, in which I would to me I would say, then you better embrace it because this isn't, you know. If if you hadn't done this, and I know that I think there's some other folks out there doing something in the in the same vein, sort of as you. And if you hadn't done this, there'd be other people doing it. So it's a matter of you know, like you're not going to stop the internet from selling parts and accessories. So you better figure out if you can use that tool to your advantage. You know, to, that's kind of my approach at least. So it's a little bit of a, right. I'm trying to give my dealer network a little bit of tough love. I think plenty of the guys that would listen to this who listen to a podcast would be uh, sort of progressive minded on where are we going? How can we better stay plugged in? How can we better get that attention of, uh, of the users and the upcoming buyers? Yeah, I get it. I get all that. And there's this state where if you think that there's any chance that the, there will be some changes in the industry towards this, this route, then, you know, it, you know, it's, there's no risk to going ahead and listing some used bikes on the site, just being a part of it. Are you from New York? I grew up in northern New Jersey, okay. and then I've moved. I've moved from there, like twenty minutes outside of the city, and then I moved from there to Boston, Florida, upstate New York, Chicago, Southern California, and back to Chicago. Okay, it's funny because I think I'd seen that you were uh, you had spent some time in in New York, you know, during your whether it was college or, or years. And I grew up in upstate New York, so it's it's funny that we're talking oh. about it. And the only place you can't be is in New York, pretty much because of the, yeah, sort of the strict rules. <laughs> Tools. But you know, it's funny. We have we have people who um, rent who will fly into New Jersey. They'll fly into Newark, or they'll, or they'll fly into Pennsylvania. They'll pick up a bike they want there and then ride to an event in New York. Yeah. So, 
it's not that they can't ride the bike. It's that a bike here, here's the requirement. If you're in the state of New York, a vehicle that you're driving or riding has to have the same name on the insurance card as it does on the registration. Uh. And, that, that's, and so Turo, which does what we do, but for cars, they don't have any cars in New York. It's the same thing. Okay. They, they can't do it. Interesting. Well, interesting, but not surprising, I guess, if that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, interesting, but not surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you getting on. I don't know uh, kind of where else to go with it. I appreciate you taking the time to explain all that. And I think I, I've gotten it, but I also, like I say, I've listened to some of your other interviews. So, um, you know, anybody that's, uh, that's, that's interested at this point, I think anybody listening, if they're not uh, driving a car as they listen to this, they're probably right now looking at twistedroad.com yeah, trying they're, to figure out what. Yeah, they're probably lo- <laughs> yeah, they're looking, they're looking and seeing. I know. And, and, and by the way, um, you know, it, it's, I know that your listeners may work at specific dealers or they could be reps. This is something to either, my guess is that if you're listening, you probably own a bike. And so it's just something that, look, when you're traveling, you can rent one from us. If you, if you don't get a lot of use, you have multiple bikes in the garage, try listing a few of them on the site. Um, you know, just, just see it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you look, maybe you're riding a big, a big Harley touring bike and you've always wanted to try a, uh, a, a, I don't know, an Indian scout or a triumph truck stand or something different. And you know, mm-hmm. we've got that. You don't have to, you don't have to buy it. You can just try them out. It's kind of cool. What are the particulars? I think, um, I had heard on a, <clears throat> one of your other interviews and I think you said something along the lines of, uh, you know, it takes about 24 hours to get you lined up on one. So make sure you plan accordingly you know, planning a, oh. you know, a day or so ahead. Yeah. 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 That, that's that, what that's about is, is um, if you go ahead and want to rent someone's bike today for today, we, we don't allow it. And the reason is because these are all owned by people. So, you know, the rental comes in, let's say you're renting my bike and you want to pick it up in two hours. I might be at work or I may have dinner plans. So we do 24 hours in advance. You can, you can rent it for the next day. Um, it's just, it's just logistics get too tough otherwise. Right. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. And then, and then the fact of the matter is that if, you know, if I've got my bike up and listed and I'm riding the thing, you know, and, and you know, a request comes through that they, somebody wants to rent my bike. Well, I got to have a little turnaround time. I'm not a rental agency. I probably work a real job. Yeah, exactly. I've got to get my bike ready to have somebody pick it up. And I don't know that it's goofy, but I, I think maybe that's the standard for you is that, people want to put their best foot forward. You know, if you're going to come rent my bike, you know, I'm going to want to set myself up that I've, you know, met and exceeded your expectation on what you signed up for, you know, so that way we all do this some more and you come back with the thing clean and full of fuel. Like you say, you know, we, we, yes. both, we both do our best and put our best foot forward. I think that's uh, probably built into that too. Right. Right. That, that's a good point. And by the way, if people have follow questions after they listen and they want to contact me, they can always email me at austin at twistedroad.com. You know, we, I, every email that comes out comes out from my inbox. If you're, if you're on our email list, you're getting an email probably once a week from us. And I craft all those. And if people respond, I get all the emails and I answer them all. So if anyone has questions about what they heard or, or, or more things they want to understand, they could just email me. We'll answer every, I'll answer everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good stuff. I, I appreciate you jumping on and um, 
I guess we'll we'll make it a wrap there. Anybody that's got any questions, Austin at twistedroad.com. Right? No S at the yep. end. It's Twisted Road. It's a single oh, uh, single one's big single road, right? That's right. <laughs> and the website is twist, right. twistedroad.com. Um, and you, you guys, you guys listen into this, you know, it's the dealership fix it podcast. Uh, please share this out with anybody in the industry that, uh, needs to hear it. You know, we, we want to make sure we engage with as many, uh, as much width in this, uh, power sports business as we can, making sure that we're offering the, the content that is, is uh, is most valid with as many people involved with their opinions and, and uh, their experiences. So Austin, thanks for jumping cool. on. My we'll pleasure. You soon. And uh, you got it. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye.